look up and say thank you? <laughs> Wasn't because we were so good. It is because of God's mercies that we've not been consumed. Bless God for our sanctuary choir. Amen. God bless you, choir. Thank you so much. There's a word from the Lord as we remain standing for the reading of his holy text. The series is entitled More. Just one word. Okay, someone and say more. More. This is the third message of this series. Amen. This is the third message of this four-message series. The text this morning is found in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 9 and verse number 8. We'll read that one verse, verse 8. Later in the message, we will read the context and the other scriptures that are associated with this. But for our purposes, for this message, look at verse 8 from the New Living Translation in order to get a clearer understanding of the text. We've chosen the New Living Translation. Hear the reading of God's holy word. If you love God's word, somebody say amen. 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 Hear what the word says to us. Verse 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And God will generously provide all you need. May I read that again? Sometimes I just like to get on the devil's nerve, amen. And God will, somebody shall generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need. And here's where the subject is found. And, <laughs> tell somebody, don't miss this. And, Plenty left over. Now, look at this. To share. Oh, don't get quiet on me now. Come on. To what? Share with others. And the church said amen. Amen. Before you sit down, reach over, catch someone by the hand. Here's the subject for this third message in this series that's entitled More. Message number three, look at someone and say, more than enough. Amen. That is what we are talking about today. More than enough. More than enough. Listen, there are many great principles of our Christian faith. In fact, there are many great principles of the Judea Christian faith, which is both the Old Testament and the New Testament. But one of the greatest principles, one of, uh, I consider to be one of the most blessed principles is this, that we serve a God who is not only able to provide all that we need, but listen, but who is also able to provide more than enough. Not only is he able to provide more than enough, he is more than enough. Now, 
God providing more than enough is God's provision. God being more than enough is God's sufficiency. I'm here to tell you not only is he a provider, but God himself is sufficient. When God is in your life, what more do you need? If God be for you, who can be against you? So many people are striving to add so many different things to their lives. So many people are never satisfied with uh, God being not just enough, but more than enough for their lives. That's why they are always in a constant search of being dissatisfied, of anxious, of being concerned about getting more. But when you know that the God you serve not only provides more than enough, but that God is more than enough, that's worth celebrating, amen? That's worth putting your hands together and giving God a praise. Now, listen, this, this principle of God being able to provide more than enough sometimes could be difficult for us to believe and to put our arms around, especially when it seems as if we are currently just barely getting by. Folks say, now, Pastor, that's all right. You, you can speak that, but if, but if your bank account was my bank account, then you would just be happy if you can just pay your bills. Now, that's all right if you didn't know God. That, that's all right if you want to live in an atmosphere of defeatism. But when you trust in the God you serve, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm preaching to somebody. When you believe God, your faith is not based on what you see or feel or hear this or where you are now. Look at somebody says, not only am I not what I used to be, I am not what I'm going to be. Somebody in here know that where you're headed is better than where you are. You, you know that God is not through with you yet. You know that God is not through blessing you. That is why as believers, we are admonished to live by faith. Somebody shout faith. And not by what we see or what we feel. The difference between those of us who trust God is that we are faith walkers. Yes, we see the same thing the world sees, but our conclusions are different. We feel what they feel, but we reach a different conclusion. We have made up in our mind that the God we serve can and will turn things around. That God is not through with us yet. For the latter shall be greater than the former. How many of you know that where God has taken you is going to be greater than where all of us are going through something? 
We all must trust God by faith. Faith is a cornerstone of our, of our existence. We're told in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, the NIV, the New International Version, says that faith is confidence in what we hope for. And this is the part I like, an assurance. <laughs> assurance about what we cannot see. See, the world's assurance is based on what they can touch and see. But our assurance is based on what we believe, what God has declared. The New Living Translation says faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. If you can see it, it's not faith. If, if, if you can prove it, it's not faith. Faith is proving, uh, is walking when there is no proof. In, in fact, faith is don't need no proof. I have the word of God. But the world looks at you and says, how do you know that's working? How do you know God is a healer? How do you know that God will bless you? What is the proof? See, the, the, the mistake we made, somebody say preach, pastor. The mistake we made is arguing with secularism. You can't argue with secular people about spiritual things. They will never understand your faith walk because they don't have your faith. They need to see and touch. All you need to do is believe. You wake up in the morning, say, God will make a way somehow. And if he doesn't do it today, he can do it tomorrow. And if he doesn't do it tomorrow, he can do it next week. Listen, remember the testimony of the three young men who are known in scripture as the Hebrew boys. For when the king says to them, if you don't bow down to my music and worship me, we will throw you in a burning, fiery furnace. They said, save your breath, king. We're not bowing down. Uh, but we want to leave you with these words, the God we serve is able to deliver us. But this is the part I like. They said, but even if he doesn't do it, we still know that God is able. All I need is just a few folk to jump one time and shout, he is able. Ooh. Even if it doesn't happen. God is able. Ooh. So faith is not just believing, listen, that the Lord can bless us with more than enough. But faith is living our lives as if we are expecting to do it. Uh, the hardest part about this journey is, is to live with a spirit of expectation that God will and God can do it. Because where there is no expectation, that means your hope has been buried. That, that, that means you have no reason to look forward to tomorrow. But where there is an expectation that better days are coming, 
by and by. Trouble won't last always. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask. Or where there is expectation that God can bring me out of this. That God can turn my family situation around. That God can touch my finances. That yes, God can heal my body. Where there is expectation where two and three touch and agree it shall be established so look at somebody say come on touch somebody say let's agree right now that God's got something good with your name on it come on if you don't want to touch anybody somebody else ought to get your blessings but I, 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 I just need somebody with just enough faith Woo. Don't know how, don't know when, but I believe that God will. Somebody say, God will. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like God is doing something. Because God says, I'm going to curse everything the enemy brought your way that's negative. God's getting ready to curse negativity. Tell somebody, yes, you can. Yes, he is able. Yes, he will. Ooh. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Hi, yeah, yeah. Somebody, I just thought of something that God says, trust me when you can't trace me. Trust me, even when you don't hear my voice, know that I will always be there. Listen, one of the things that God said to me to note to you in this message, that oftentimes the blessing of God's abundance, it, it, is, it is usually and often the result of our obedience. Listen to this in areas in which our faith is challenged. Anybody can obey something you want to do. Amen. Anyway, they, they, somebody called you, says somebody just left you $100,000 in, in, in Bank of America, whatever bank, I need you to come Tuesday morning and pick it up. You're not going to say, oh, I, I, I'm going to be obedient and I'm, I'm a prayer. Nobody presses their way out to get a blessing. But you press your way when something is difficult, when, 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 when something goes against the grain. Preach, Pastor. God says that's, that's, that is when I bless you, when you maintain your faith going against the grain. When you pray that God is able and your body is racked with pain. When the, when, when, when the diagnosis is not favorable, but yet you pray that the God I serve is able. Uh, when your money is funny and your change is strange and, and you don't know how you're going to make ends meet, that's when you pray that God is able. When God says, trust me with what you have and watch me multiply, that's when you Pray that God is able. When, when it's hard, 
is tough. I'm working on a series of messages for the month of December uh, that says trusting God in a hard place, praising God in a strange place, uh, 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 believing in God in a dry place. And God just dropped that in my spirit last week. God said there's some places in all of our lives that are difficult that we got to learn how to trust God and praise God and believe God. So can anybody right now in a strange place just give God your best praise? Say, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Lord, I trust you. So we find, take your seat, in this sacred text that the Apostle Paul, who himself and his reputation was being challenged by his critics, Paul writes this very personal letter to the church at Corinth. In fact, scholars will tell you that this is the fourth letter that Paul writes to the Corinthians. Two of them were lost, and we never saw them in Holy Scripture. But, but this letter Paul writes to defend his, what is known as his apostolic authority. Those critics who said to him, you don't look like a disciple. We, we don't believe you are who you say you are. In fact, because you've got a reputation, you have a past, Paul. You, you hadn't always loved Jesus. In fact, you stood there while Stephen was stoned to death. Our deacons know that. Deacon Murray Hayward does a good job in teaching that. You were there when they threw the rocks and killed Deacon Stephen's. And so what makes you a apostle? Paul said, all I know is that God gave me another chance. But there will always be critics. Can I preach? There will always be folk that when God says do something, they will challenge the voice of God in your life. And so Paul writes to the Corinthians, this church that he established on his second missionary journey. These believers that Paul won to Christ, they lived in a, in, in a city of decadence. They lived in an area that was well-blessed, but yet immorality was all around. And Paul says, God told me to challenge you to live faithfully. God told me to challenge you to be faithful in your living and your giving. God says that he'll bless you in ways that you would not imagine. But the critics, the critics, the critics, they said, don't believe Paul. He just wants your money. Don't believe Paul. He has no apostolic authority. Don't believe Paul. Paul is not genuine. So Paul writes this fourth letter to the Corinthians. Paul says, I just need to clean up a few things. I just need to clarify a few things. You have already been faithful. You have already trust God with your resources. 
And now these are people that are coming back to you saying to you, don't trust God any longer. But I want you to know that if you remain faithful with your living and your giving, God will bless you in ways that no one could ever imagine. In fact, we call it in 2017 supernatural favor. Look at somebody and say, God's going to bless you with supernatural favor. Because you trust God in a hard thing. You paid your tithe and your offering. You lived upright before the Lord. And even when you were struggling, you were faithful to God. So Paul writes in chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians verses 11 and 12, the New Living Translation. Paul writes these most profound words. Look at what he writes in 1 Corinthians 2, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. 2 Corinthians 8, 11 and 12. The New Living Translation, Paul says this, and I want you to see it. He says, now you should finish what you started. Look at somebody say, don't you dare become weary in well-doing. Leave it on the board. Here's what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants you to start a good work and not finish it. The enemy wants you to trust God halfway. The enemy wants you to trust God when it's convenient. But Paul says you've already started a good work. Finish what you started. Touch somebody sitting next to you and say finish what you started. Say the devil is a liar. You've come this far by faith. Don't let the devil steal your blessing. Don't let the devil make you detour from what you've already started. Finish what you started. Then he goes on to say, let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. In other words, you've already given to God. The church has been established because you sacrificed and you gave. And now these naysayers and critics and haters are coming and challenging you. And say so you ought not continue to give to God because God will never return unto you what you have given him. Paul declares the devil is a liar. Let the eagerness you once had continue. Can I tell you something? The greatest threat to your faith is the spirit of discouragement. And the enemy uses oftentimes people that are closest to you to discourage you the most. Now, what we've got to expect is that there will always be discouragers and haters. What baffles me is how folks stop worshiping God because a handful of naysayers discourage them. Folk that don't have no Holy Ghost. Folk that, that don't even have a walk with the Lord. They discourage you, and now you sit home moping and mourning where ain't nobody at church right. The devil is a liar. Can I preach to somebody? Shake somebody's hand and say, finish what you started. They that endureth to the end shall be saved. Then Paul says, give in to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable because see what, what they were being discouraged to say, well, you only have a little bit to give. 
you, you, you can't bless God like so-and-so bless God. Paul said, this is not a given contest. You, you give what you have, and, 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 and God knows the intent of your heart. Now, I need to preach to somebody that's been blessed and highly favored, and you're walking around with Louis and Gucci and all of these name brand stuff, and your hair costs more than some folk outfit, and you got nails that cost you every week. Preach, Pastor Jackson. Can I preach on this side of the church? Come on. And you get your hair done every week and get your nails done. And you so blessed, your toenails look good. But yet you can't give anything to God. The devil is a liar with your fancy nails and toenails. If it had not been for God, you wouldn't have toes to do. Y'all are not going to lug me after this. But raise a hand if you've been blessed by God. Now, it's one thing to be blessed. The question is, are you a blessing? Every blessed somebody ought to be a blessing. If God has been good to you, you ought to bless God. You ought to bless God. You owe God a blessing. So Paul says, give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable to God if you give it eagerly or faithfully. And give according to what you have and not what you don't have. But then I love what he does in verses 6 through 10. Paul drops down and he says, I want to remind you of something. That even what you give God is God's. Somebody just caught it. Even what you plant is God's. Can I get a witness? So he puts it this way. He said, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much you want to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. In other words, don't let people pressure you into doing what you don't have. Nah, nobody needs to go take a loan out just to bless somebody else. Come on, somebody. Wait until God bless you, then you'll be a blessing with somebody else. I'm not one of these preachers that want to take everything you have so that somebody else can live great. But I'm telling you this, trust God. If you got a dollar, a dime belongs to God. If you got ten, a dollar belongs to God. If you have a hundred, ten belongs to God. Come on, somebody. If you don't have anything, your hands belong to God. You can come to church and march around the table if you ain't got a dime to your name and say, Lord, I still bless you because I know it won't be like this always. I'm sowing into my future. Trust God. Anybody in here trust God? And look at what he says. And God will generously provide all you need. Whew. Then you will always have everything you need. And this is the part I like. Look somebody in the eyes and say, neighbor, I am waiting on my leftovers. So now, yeah, I, 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 I am, ooh, leftovers. 
left, that, that means stuff you couldn't even use the first time. That means that God's got some blessings for you that you can't even use. God's got so much for you that you don't even know what to do with it. God says, I'll open the doors for you. I'll bless you in ways that you don't even know. How many of you could have imagined that you would be where you are now, but by the grace of God. You haven't always looked like this. You haven't always dressed like this. You haven't always been like you are now. Somebody ought to jump one time and shout, but God. Drop down in that verse. And this is the one I like. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. For God is the one. Tell somebody sitting next to you, it's God's seeds. God owns the seed. God owns the ground. God controls the rain. God controls the sunshine. God controls the harvest. What are you saying, Pastor Jackson? Baby, everything you got came from God. If it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, you wouldn't have anything. So Paul says, but God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer. And then he is the one who provides bread to eat. In the same way, I love this, he will provide an increase. Whew. <laughs> Can, can we just stand on a few words today? Look at somebody and say, increase, increase. Just say it, say it two or three times. Increase, 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 increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I prophesy in the atmosphere? Can I prophesy in the atmosphere? Bishop Willie Rooker was here. He would just shake his hands and say, I see increase. I, I see increase. Don't, don't tell me what the man of God can't do. My wife is a living witness. Bishop Rooker showed up to my house, Sister Jennifer, and said, I see increase. I said, Bishop, I'm satisfied with what I got. He said, that land behind you, God told me it's yours. I said, no, no, I'm all right. I don't need nothing else. And two years later, somebody called me, said, I own some land next to you. I don't want anybody to get it but you. I'll sell it to you. I said, I don't have the money to get it. They said, I'll practically give it to you. I had to call Bishop Rooker and apologize. I say increase has happened. Can I prophesy on this side of the church? Somebody stand up and say increase. Increase. Somebody shout increase. Look at somebody say get ready. Because God will give you plenty and some left over. Leave your seat. Touch somebody on the other side of the aisle. Say, neighbor, get ready for a time of leftovers. Now that's not negative. I'm not talking about stuff nobody else wants. Get ready for more than enough. 
2017 is over to meet me at this altar. Look me in my face. We are about to touch and agree. Y'all know the prayer of Jabez? Increase, increase, increase. The prayer of Jabez. Say, Lord, enlarge my territory. I pray. I pray. Put the cameras on the audience. I pray. Touch and agree. Get you somebody who agrees with you. I'm not going to be like this next year this time God is about to turn get ready get ready get ready you are the head and not the tail you are blessed going in blessed coming out all nations shall call you blessed get ready Get ready, get ready, tell somebody get ready, I see increase, I see increase, I declare and decree increase, come on Zion, come on, Woo, that's right, just wave those hands, come on. Bless me. Bless me. Enlarge. Enlarge my territory. Oh Lord. Bless me. I pray for your increase. Somebody shout, increase, come on. Increase. Oh, Lord. Lord, enlarge. God told me to prophesy. Oh, Lord, bless me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the board so they can see Catch someone by the hands. Say to them, and God will generously provide all you need. Hold those hands and say, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. 
to share with others. You are about to become a blessing. That's right. Somebody is about to become a blessing. Anybody in here want to become a blessing? God will bless you so that you can become a blessing. Close those eyes. It begins with your relationship with God. See, Paul could ignore the critics because Paul knew that he had a relationship with God. I, I've decided that life is too short to argue with fools about what God is going to do in your life. Amen. There's some folk out there that will waste all your time in arguments about your walk with the Lord. If they don't want to walk with the Lord, that's their business. But you're going to do what God has asked you to do because you know that God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. It begins with a relationship. Here's my question to you this morning. Here's the challenge to those that are viewing by way of internet, listening by way of radio. Where do you stand with God? Are you a faith walker? Or are you walking by what you see? Or by what you feel? All of us feel bad at times in our lives. I can't tell you the number of times that I just felt like never coming up to this pulpit again. I, I can't tell you the times that the enemy had whispered in my ear and say, you're tired, you're burned out, why are you doing this? You're gonna die in the pulpit, your health is fading, nobody cares. But every time the enemy whispers in one ear, God will reaffirm something, Deacon Carlos. God, I can be at the grocery store, at the gym. I'd just be in the street. Somebody will stop me and say, Pastor Jackson, that word you preached delivered me. And I tell the devil, take that. Take that. Because for every naysayer, God's got a witness to say that God is good all the time. God can do it. So don't become discouraged. I want to encourage you this week. Don't become discouraged. Finish what you started. That's what the text says. Finish what you started. And watch God bless you with even more than enough. Let us pray. After this prayer, someone perhaps has been challenged white. Take that faith journey. You're not here by chance. There's a reason God sent you through these doors. And God says, if, if you take the next step, watch God bless you in ways that no one else could ever do for you. Someone is being challenged right now. And after this prayer, just meet me at the altar. This morning at 8 we had so many to give their life to the Lord. Young people, young men walked to the altar crying, walked all the way in the back crying. 
God says your preaching is not in vain. To those of you that are singing, your singing is not in vain. To those of you who travel so far and do so much, the devil is a liar. God's going to shower you with increase. God's going to bless you like you've never been blessed before. Tell somebody, get ready for the blessings of God. But you've got to trust him by faith and not by sight. Close those eyes, everybody. Close those eyes. Come on, quiet. Sing. Close those eyes as we worship again. I pray. Just take a minute and just squeeze those hands. Start praying for somebody next to you. I pray for your increase. Look at somebody next to you say, I pray for your increase. I pray that God will richly bless you. I pray that God will do for you what I pray that God is a healer. Oh, God is a cancer specialist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I pray. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pray, church. Pray, church. Pray right now. Yes, yeah. Somebody ought to begin to pray. I pray, yeah, yeah. Come on. Increase, Lord. Increase, increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Increase. Increase. Look at somebody say increase. Increase. Get ready, get ready, God. St. Francis, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do it, Lord. Woo, yeah, yeah. Right now, I pray for Columbia. I pray for South Carolina. I pray for the United States of America. Increase. Get ready. Get ready. Yes, I pray for increase. Increase. Increase me, Lord. Increase me, Lord. Increase me, Lord. I pray for increase. And Lord, do this. For the rest of our lives. In fact, we praise you in advance of you doing this. We are praising you expecting that you're going to do what you promised you would do. In fact, we know it is already done and we declare and decree that we don't have to see it or feel it. But we know that it is already done. Our families are healed. Our sons and daughters are delivered. Diseases are healed. Our finances have, have recovered. Increase. Somebody shout increase. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say it's already done. It's already done. Somebody want to make that commitment this morning. Already done. Yeah, yeah. If you want to join the church, if you want to dedicate your life to the Lord, come stand right here. I'll wait on you. I'll stand right here. Somebody, God is calling. Increase. 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 That's right. Somebody's coming right now. I pray. Do it, Lord. I believe you're gonna do it. Yeah. 
look at God. Others are coming. I pray. Do it, Lord. Do it. Look. I pray for increase. Look at God. I pray. Look at these that God's doing. God's doing it. Look at God. Look at increase. Increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody say increase. Yeah, yeah. Come on, just wave your hands and say increase. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Look at all of these souls that increase. Do it, Lord. Do it. Do it. Do it. Increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pray. I pray. Look at God. Look at God. I pray. As we take them down the aisleways, as they walk down the aisleways, everybody just wave your hands and say, increase, increase. Come on and say, increase. Before the year is over. 